Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty, the host of this wonderful show where each and every Wednesday I release an interview with a great content creator, just like yourself possibly, uh, and I talk with them about their techniques, their strategies, uh, their ability to grow their YouTube channel. I talk with them about different uh, maybe inside knowledge that they have that have helped them get to the point to where they are now, which is at a successful point in their YouTube journey. If that sounds like something that is interesting to you, Or if you just want a behind-the-scenes look or a peek behind the door, per se, of a YouTube creator's life, this is the show for you. That's why I started doing this almost a couple of, you know, two years now, uh, 80 episodes in, and I'm so glad that we to say that we are just now getting started. Uh, I do want to remind you, as always, this show is brought to you by the fine folks over at TubeBuddy. Uh, Guys, if you haven't already, click the link in the show notes and uh, download the free browser plugin. It is the Swiss Army Knife of YouTube Tools. That is what I am going to call it from here on out. It is the tool that helps me shave hours off of my YouTube workflow each and every month. Uh, All of my clients that I work with uh, on their YouTube channels are now using it uh, at the recommendation of myself and obviously me working with TubeBuddy, uh, but it just allows me to quickly and easily show people and it gives people the the tool sets they need uh, and it even makes the navigation of YouTube even that much easier. So if you haven't already, click the link in the show notes, download TubeBuddy, I promise you will not regret it. So in today's interview, uh, again, I keep saying this every week because every week gets better and better uh, and more unique. So in this week's uh, interview, I'm joined by a father, Jesse, and his daughter, uh, Brianna, uh, who, who we refer to as Bree in the interview. Um, and it is one of those interviews that I look back on, and I'm just so thankful that I was able to have these two on the show. Uh, Bree actually uh, goes goes away after about 15 minutes in the interview uh, because it is uh, really late in Thailand, which is where they are from. So she, she kind of bails off on us there. Uh, but Jesse and I continue to talk. I will say this, the audio quality is superb, but there is a dog barking a few minutes into the interview. It lasts about 10 or 15 seconds, uh, so don't think that that's going to happen throughout the entire interview. Again, real life, real people, this stuff happens. I do want to give you guys a heads up before we even dive into the interview, but if you are a creator of any sort, regardless if you're in kids um, creation or if you're doing things with young people, whatever, it doesn't matter if you're in that niche or not, I would listen to this interview. A lot of value was dropped in this interview. They have two separate channels, one in English, one in Thai. Uh, the one in Thai is doing much better than the one in English. We talk about why that is. We talk about how hard it is to run a uh, multi, uh, you know, different YouTube channels, same con- kind of similar content, but different languages. We talk about a ton of great stuff. So if that's something that you're interested in, stick around and let's jump into this week's conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's conversation. I am so stoked today to be joined by Jesse and his daughter, Brianna. They are a Thai-American family that moved from America when Brianna was very young. They are now running two YouTube channels simultaneously, one in English and the other is in Thai. Uh, They are called Brianna's Secret Club and Brianna's Secret Club 
Thailand. So with that being said, we've got a lot to talk about today. With with those two channels alone, they have amassed over 118,000 some odd subscribers. They've got some really great kid content on those channels. And so today I'm not only joined just by Jesse, her father, but we're also going to be joined by Brianna for the first few minutes of the podcast. So guys, how are y'all doing today? Doing great, Dusty. Thanks. Yep, we're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Brianna, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. So let's go ahead and just start from the beginning, guys. Uh, Jesse, you can start the answer, and then if you want to, uh, to, to chime in here, Brianna, feel free to do that as well. Um, I want to ask you guys, how did this whole thing start? So you moved from America over to Thailand, uh, obviously. That's a, that's a big life change, a big move. So what made you guys decide to get into content creation, specifically on YouTube? Um, well, there was two things. Um, one is that uh, when Bree was four years old, we accidentally entered into a beautiful baby contest uh, for a baby magazine. Uh, and out of like 6,000 people, she got number six. Um, so we thought, Hey, you know, maybe there, maybe she's got some talent, uh, in this, this area or at least the looks. And we started doing some like modeling and acting and, uh, and that started doing pretty good. So we did that for about four or five years and she's represented brands like, uh, the Disney channel, Oreo, KFC, intercontinental, and like, I don't know, so many more. She's also been on uh, primetime, uh, major TV shows. Uh, she's on one right now that's, that's running on Thai TV. So, um, so she's done the whole drama acting training stuff. So unlike other nine year olds, um, she had a lot of skill. Um, she was also on the, um, she was a finalist, uh, for the voice kids audition. Uh, so she can sing, you know, she can act and thought this little girl has a lot of talent, but, um, you know, she's nine and, and that's about the age where kids stop. Sorry, sorry about the dog. Um, that's about the age where kids stop being, uh, useful as far as the modeling industry is concerned. Uh, she, she, uh, kind of lost the baby cheeks and she's, uh, she's not as like, I guess, you know, advertiser friendly as she used to be when she was six years old. So, um, according to the ad- advertising industry, that's sort of like, well, your kids should just wait until they're about 16 and then start doing stuff again. And that just didn't sit well with me. Uh, I thought, you know, this little girl's got a lot of talent and it would be great if she could kind of control her own destiny. And, uh, so we were, we were kind of thinking about it. I had started buying a little bit of video gear and then, um, an MCN and you're familiar with the the term MCN multi-channel network, a pretty major one offered to, um, pay her for doing some green screen nursery rhyme videos her and a couple other kids. And we did that and they said, you know, she's pretty talented. She should probably start her own YouTube channel. And so we started the channel and signed with an MCN the same day. So we're actually signed with an MCN before we actually got started. Uh, and they were, they were really helpful in kind of launching us with some traffic pretty quickly. Uh, but that, that was sort of the, the final straw, I guess, to, to do that. And since then it's just been a roller coaster. It's been absolutely crazy. Yes. That is the way it normally works. Now, Brianna, let me let me ask you, how has how is this YouTube channel like? How do you feel about it now that you're on YouTube and you've got thousands of people watching you each day? Uh, how do you feel about you know all these videos that you have out there on the internet? Um, I feel really excited, and 
I feel like I can do more for other people. I love it. I love it. Now, do your friends ever watch your videos online, and, and are they excited for you? And do, do you get to show them your videos at school and whatnot? Oh, yeah, all of them, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> All of them. That is awesome. Well, guys, that's such a cool story. And, and I think that's why when you shot me the email over, Jesse, that I was like, you know what? I really want to get them on the show because I, I realistically haven't had uh, – I mean, I've had a couple of kids' channels on the show. But I really want to talk about the process of, of the whole thing. So you decided to start a YouTube channel. You did that. What has the process been like, Jesse, for you learning the creative side of video editing, of doing the thumbnails, doing the branding for the YouTube channel? I know that's a loaded question, but like, how has that whole process been for you, and what have you learned? Uh, we've learned a whole lot. Um, but previously, my wife and I had um, run an app company. We were making iPhone apps and we were doing um, like volume app submissions like um, to, to make a sustainable business. We were submitting like 30 apps per month. Uh, and along with that um, went really high quality app icons because app icons are basically like the thumbnail of the app industry. Um, have to be really simple, really high quality, really eye catching. Um, and then my wife would help out with the SEO. And, um, so she got really good with SEO and a lot of those skills, uh, translated well to, to YouTube. So, um, whereas Apple does, does not like you submitting volume apps, uh, YouTube loves you to submit volume video. Um, so we just basically kind of converted what we used to do with the app industry and we just started making quality videos, um, and we, I think we spent the first month. Now, Bree and I sat down, right, Bree? Yeah. And we sat down at the table. We came up with the name, and we came up with a channel plan, what our goals were, and what we were trying to do, um, that it was going to be a seven, you know, five- to seven-year plan, um, and we were going to upload every day if we could. Yeah. And so that was, that was sort of our goal. And then, um, then we started making videos, and really nothing happened at first. And we were really focused on English, and reluctantly, I was like, oh, you know, maybe we'll start the Thai, uh, the Thai channel. I got some advice, you know, like you should probably do Thai. So I had my wife help me with the Thai, and um, she would shoot episodes in Thai. And we were doing a lot of dual language content, same content in two languages, and um, and then all of a sudden the Thai started picking up, and then we were like, wait. <laughs> Maybe we should put our effort in the Thai instead of the English. And so then we switched to one English episode per week and 10 Thai episodes per week. Actually, I think, I think when it started, Thai kids were out of school. So we thought to get some traction, we should probably submit a lot. So we were submitting about three episodes per day um, in the beginning. And, um, and that launched us really, really quickly. Um, once, once our MCN started plugging us, we had a... Uh, I think a, a fairly hit video. I don't know if you've heard of Milo cubes. They were they were big in Malaysia. It was just Nestle Milo like chocolate powder compressed into these cubes. Right, right. So they had just started coming out. We decided to make our own, right? So we we made a Lego mold and and put some chocolate and Milo in there and compressed our own little cubes. And that video started doing really well for us. And that really put put us on the map and started getting us some subscribers. And then uh, that was about that was back in April. 
So it's been about five months. So you do this in two separate languages. You're obviously still keeping up with the English version as well, but it seems that you guys are getting much more traction with the Thai channel as well, uh, which is fantastic. So you guys are obviously continuing on both of the channels. Now, let me ask you this. What have you found to be different with the Thai community as opposed to the English community? Like, what's what's the differences in the, the, the viewership? Are there any differences? Yes, yeah. So um, there's there's quite a bit of differences. I, I think the, the other thing is, is that, you know, the same product to one person might be awesome and to another person might be average and not that, that exciting. And I think for our English content, we're doing a lot of the same stuff that other other English channels are doing. And it's not really standing out that much. Uh, however, to, to Thai kids, they're not used to that. And so it really stands out. You know, Brie looks different. She acts different uh, from normal Thai kids. And a lot of the content is, is stuff that's new to them that they've never seen before. So um, I, I really feel like that from a value proposition standpoint, we, we're definitely unique in, in the Thai market. And not only that, but the SEO is ridiculously uncompetitive over here. It's like the whole blue ocean theory. If you're familiar with that, where, yes, I am. Uh, Isn't that inter- I think that's interesting though, Jesse, that you bring that up that like, basically what you're saying is it's not as competitive, right? It's not. It, if you, if you ever, well, I know you work for TubeBuddy, um, but we use TubeBuddy sometimes and you know how TubeBuddy has the if you go to the TubeBuddy Explorer, it'll show you the the amount of competition for a keyword, yes, and yes. then the amount of traffic. And it seems like with English, every keyword I go for for with English is like ultra high competition and medium traffic or low traffic. And it it's always tough to find a keyword that you can really rank for that's got a lot of traffic and low competition. But it's exactly the opposite in Thailand. It's ultra high traffic and ultra low competition. I mean, it's it's not uncommon for one of our videos to rank um, for ten major keywords, top ten, like just bam right away. And so we're that's, getting massive that's traffic. Now, let me ask you this, Bree. Uh, what would you say is your favorite video that you have ever done? Um, I like the bungee Barbie video. Why is that? Why do you like that video so much? Because it's really funny. <laughs> I hear you. Now tell me a little bit about that video. What what did you do in that video? So we had some Barbies and I had one boy Barbie, which it was losing its pants. <laughs> and one was called Barbie Bungie. The other was called, what was it called again? Well, we had uh, Repelling Rapunzel and No Pants Flynn Rider. <laughs> and I think one other. Yeah, we just, we just stuck some... Uh, rubber banded some slinkies to the the feet of some Barbie dolls and we had a competition to, to see who could who could get closest to the asphalt. I love it. Now let me ask you guys this. Who's coming up with these scripts? Like who who who's deciding you know what you guys are gonna do in each of these videos? I mean especially on the Thai channel, you guys are pumping out content like a machine. So who who's coming up with these video ideas? Well, my, my wife and I usually sort of brainstorm at the beginning of the week. We do some research. We look at what trends are. We look at what's hot. Um, and we kind of come up with a, a, a list of words around Tuesday. And, um, and of course, you know, because we're doing so much, it pretty much we don't really decide what to do. It's what ideas do we have. And so everybody contributes. Sometimes Bree contributes. Um, 
sometimes our, our my niece Kate, uh, who does in a lot of our videos, she'll contribute or, or come up with an idea. Like the kids wanted to do the floor is lava. I'm sure you've seen those those videos. Um, so we did the floor is lava last week, and I mean literally we just ran around the neighborhood yelling the floor is lava and jumping onto stuff. And that video is like been out for less than a week now, up to 700,000 views. So, and it was completely the kid's suggestion. I, we had nothing to do with that one. So, um, we do our best, but we always, so a, a lot of it, a lot of it seems to me, Jesse, in this niche, it's really about, it's kind of just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing kind of what sticks. Um, and, and the reason I say that is I have a two year old daughter. And I'm and I'm just gonna go ahead and throw this out to you. She watches a lot of YouTube kids, right? Um, and watches a lot of YouTube as well. And not a lot, but you know, when she's taking a break and she's she's a very mobile kid, so she likes to. She's very active. So uh, for us, it's never been a, a problem of actually having to to give her the phone or giving her the iPad. She normally only can sit still for about ten or fifteen minutes, and and she consumes a couple of videos. Now, something that's always interested me, and my wife always asks me all the time, like, where are these videos coming from? Is it one of the? Have you found it to be to 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 get successful videos or to get hits in in the kids or the children's niche that you really just have to be relevant with the products that you're showcasing and relevant with the different, I guess you would say, popular things going on around the world? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there's always trends going on. There's new stuff. I mean, maybe one month it's slime, next month it's fidget spinners. So a lot of it is really learning to be in tune and listening to your audience, uh, figuring out like, and they'll, they'll request stuff. They'll say, hey, I want you to do a video about Roblox, uh, you know, a popular game. Or I want you to do, uh, you know, more more ghost slime videos or whatever. So, you know, we we use the audience and we also use a, like a lot of Google Trends and TubeBuddy to, to do research on, on what's hot. And, uh, yeah, that's we just keep doing that. And pretty much any any ideas we have, we just kind of put them into a pot and then the best ideas get made that week. I love it. I love that. Now, Bree, I'm going to ask you one more question before I know you, it's, it's really late where you guys are. So I don't want to keep you, keep you up too late. I want to ask you one more question. What has been your favorite thing that you've gotten to do since you've been on YouTube? What's the, what, your favorite thing that you've gotten to do? Um, it was the, oh yeah, it was the, I was making sushi. Ah, you're making sushi, so you got to make your own sushi, huh? Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Well, Bree, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Uh, I cannot wait to show my little girl uh, some of your videos to see what she thinks about them. I'm sure she'll love them, and I uh, hope you have a great night. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Jesse, the next question that I have for you is this. Is this a full-time job for you, and how are you monetizing this content? Uh, the question is no, it is not a full-time job for me. However, my wife was a housewife before this. She was a stay-at-home mom, uh, and it is perfect for her. Um, she knows what she's doing, and especially with the Thai content being the brunt of our our views, that you know she's really the one that needs to keep that going. So she's been going nonstop. Um, with it. And then I, I help out on evenings and weekends, but I work for a large tech company. So, um, we decided that after, after some, some, uh, failures in the app industry that we very much valued the stability of one of us having a, 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 a reliable job and the other one dealing with uh, digital stuff that, that can be fickle. And as you know, you know, it can be taken away from you at any minute. Um, an app store algorithm or a, sorry, um, a, 
Google algorithm change or a, you know, a, an ad revenue, another ad apocalypse can, can totally like derail you. And, um, so we're just trying to avoid that happening. So we we're diversifying a bit. Uh, but as far as monetization right now, we're mostly AdSense. Um, we have been doing more brand deals lately. Uh, mostly there's small brand deals or sometimes it's free product or free services. Um, we've, we've gotten to the point where we realize we can, we can go just about anywhere in Thailand we want, uh, and get in for free. We've, we've done uh, safari. We've done a, um, indoor snow town. We've done all sorts of different Kidzania and some different stuff. Um, so yeah, we, we've done a lot of different, uh, different activities through the channel and I'm hoping that we do more brand deals. So I'm starting to do maybe some affiliate links and then every now and again, Brie will get an acting job or an appearance. That's awesome. And I mean, it's, it's very important that you diversify your income regardless of what niche you're in, regardless of what type of channel that you have. Now, have you guys found that, you know, being AdSense is a big part of your revenue or your income. Have you guys found that I've heard a lot from kid creators that have these these types of channels that the ad revenue is actually fairly good because of the length of the videos. And normally what happens is it's normally a, a child watching it and they're probably going to watch the ad. Have you found that to be true? Yeah. Uh, well, there's a couple things at play. So the CPMs for kids content in Thailand is extremely low. Um, uh, you know, I, I hear stuff about U.S. creators, and we're easily like 20% or less of what they're getting. Um, so we're making it up in volume uh, for right now. But but yeah, we've we've seen revenue starting to pick up lately. It definitely is watch time increases uh, and views increase. Then of course, of course, uh, you know, monetization increases on on AdSense. Fantastic. No, I, I, that's normally not a question I ask, but I'm, I was really intrigued because I know I see my daughter when she's watching the content and I may be in a different room and, you know, she's learned now how to skip the ad or she may watch the ad if it's something that intrigues her. Um, and I would just think that if you're an advertising company and you have a child's product, if you could make the advertisements to be fun and interesting and lively, you would think that the kids would then watch those and then possibly try to convince mommy and daddy to go buy the product, right? So you would think those types of advertisements would be rarely, you know, rather easy to produce. Well, it's it's really a double-edged sword, Dusty, where it is extremely difficult to actually target children. Um, there's a lot of ad laws and things like Facebook, and for instance, like it only goes down to 13. You can't target any lower than that. Um, so really what you're getting is mommy and daddy's accounts, and and those are, are difficult to, to target. Um, so you can target by content, I guess, but we don't see it. Like when I'm, I'm watching the channel, I, I see a lot of like car ads and things like that. So I don't think that the ads are really that engaging with my audience. And maybe that's why the CPMs are so low. And see, I see a lot of that too. And maybe it does go back to the laws and requirements that, you know, you can't target a minor or a child with advertisement. But I'm again, I'm sure there's a gray area there. And you probably know a lot more about this than I do, Jesse. But I would just... If I was an ad agency and, and, and it was legal, obviously, I wouldn't want to do anything outside the, the bounds, but I would try to produce advertisements that were fun and lively and could attract 
not necessarily try to dupe kids or try to trick them into to wanting something or buying it. But I mean, if 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 kids are already there watching a Play-Doh video or a slime video, why wouldn't you want to advertise if you're Play-Doh or if you're Lego or if you're these very prominent toy companies who the the, the person the kids are already there for that product. And once the kids get to a certain age, they can actually understand that oh wow, I can go buy this or mommy and daddy might can buy this for me for my birthday. You would think they would try to target those ads more. And I'm I'm with you, Jesse. Whenever my my daughter's watching these these videos it's it's normally stuff that she has no interest in you know so that is very interesting let me ask you this what is the what is the thing that you wish someone would have told you when you first started out on youtube hmm. uh you know i it is we have been such a best case scenario that i can't i can't even think of anything and i i, I know that's that's a horrible answer um but I mean, really, we haven't made too many missteps uh, yet. I, I feel like we we had the right head going into it. I know I listened to a lot of your podcasts and uh, a few others at the beginning, so I got some really really good advice right off the bat. So um, I guess I guess if you if somebody was to tell me something, it would be you know make sure you do your homework, um, you know get your equipment, uh, settle. Um, set a lot of your problems, your technical problems in the first month, you know, figure out how to get good looking videos and, uh, just keep at it. Um, I think that's, that would be just the advice that, that would be, I would tell myself, but, uh, that's kind of, I, I, we've already been following it. So, um, yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's a pretty lousy answer. <laughs> no, no, it's it's not. It's not a lousy answer. It's it's the truth, and and that's what I want. I always want on this podcast. I want creators to tell me the truth of kind of what's going on. What have you found to be the most difficult thing? So now you guys are doing this, and you're obviously have aspirations to growing it and making it bigger than it is now. Obviously, that's the goal. So what have you found to be the most difficult thing in within the process? Um, I mean, for for the channel itself, it's the English content. Um, you know, we have 118,000 Thai subscribers, and we have about less than 900 <laughs> on the English channel. Um, it's just the the English SEO is so competitive. That I mean, really, even even with a great content, you know, you know, great, you know, great people making it, um, you still need to put in the time if you're going to do well in English, uh, unless you really find a new niche that that you can you can dominate. Right. And so, what have you learned about SEO? So with, with search engine optimization on YouTube and you were in the app space, you were in the app business prior to this, obviously, and probably still have your hands in it as well. What have you found to be the things that you've learned most about SEO? And if there's someone out there starting a YouTube channel or wanting to grow their own YouTube channel, what can you tell them about things that you've learned in the SEO space that have really helped you on the Thai channel uh, and to help your channel kind of explode really quickly? Okay. So th this one I can't answer with a good, good, uh, answer. So, and this goes for apps, this goes for YouTube, uh, and it's more of a, a, a broad view, a mindset of what SEO is. Um, so most people think that SEO is that thing that you do when you're finished your video, you've done everything else, you're exhausted, and you're like, oh, I've got to put in the keywords, I've got to do the name. And then they just type something, type five keywords in, throw something out, and then they do the video and they wonder why it's not performing that, that good. Um, but SEO is, is a broader process than just typing in the keywords. It goes back to the research phase. 
uh, and which is so critical to, to figure out what is actually performing, what your audience wants, um, what type of content is performing well, and can you leverage those keywords and themes in your upcoming videos? So you might, you know, if fidget spinners are popular, um, they're not really anymore, but let's, let's say that that that's the hot thing at the moment. Um, you know, you might have, you know, a, an Easter egg hunt video. Well, maybe one, one of the Easter eggs has fidget spinners in it. Uh, maybe one of the, the Easter eggs has Spider-Man another one has candy. Um, all those are great keywords that you can now realistically add to your YouTube video without being, you know, um, keyword stuffing, you know, that that's real content in your video. So we always try to figure out what is performing well and trying to work those keywords and themes into the content ahead of time. So it's absolutely premeditated when we go to create these videos. So you've already done the research, you've already prepared and you know, you know, hey, this is kind of where this keyword is ranking. If fidget spinners are hot right now, we're going to put that in the keyword, obviously. So I, I just find it so interesting. And this, I, I know I'm a nerd, but this kind of stuff really interests me. And if you're a creator out there, you need to be thinking about this stuff. I love the the tools uh, from TubeBuddy. Obviously, they're a sponsor of the show, so I'm not going to talk about that um, ad nauseum here. But TubeBuddy has great tools, and so does the Google AdWords tool, where you can go and find out kind of what people are searching for, the search density, the search volume for specific terms. Um, such an amazing thing. Now, let me ask you this in closing of this interview, Jesse, what, what's next for you guys, for, for you and Bree and the channel? Like, what are you guys looking and wanting to do in the future to continue to grow at the pace that you are now? Okay, so uh, this year we're, we're hoping to close in on about 250,000 subscribers by the end of the year uh, and maybe about a half a million by the end of next year. Um, but I, I think if we want to increase that pace, uh, what we need to do is do some, some collabs. That's something we really haven't done yet. Uh, we're hoping to collab with some of the bigger creators and to do that, you sort of need that subscriber vanity number. So we've been kind of getting that, but, but right now I think we're at the point, uh, just passing hundred K where, where we can probably start approaching the bigger creators, um, we're now ranked pretty high in Thailand. I think I checked the rank number 60 today. Um, so we, we should be able to get some traction to start doing some big collabs. So that's, that's the next step for us. I think. I love that. I love that. Now, if you would let our audience know where they can find you online. Sure. Um, for English content, which is probably the audience, uh, here that you have, um, you can just Check Brianna's Secret Club on YouTube. Uh, we do have a Facebook page, although I think most of the content is in Thai right now. So just look up Brianna's Secret Club in YouTube and you can find us. Wonderful. Jesse, thank you so much for reaching out to me. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, thank you for just being a part of this community and really offering your time and your value that you have to add to to the creators. Is there any final words that you want to say to the people out there who, who are on YouTube right now or thinking about starting a channel? What would you say to those people? Sure. Uh, I actually wrote a post about this recently, but I think figuring out what you're doing, uh, who you're doing it for, and why you're doing it in the beginning of your channel, if you can answer those questions, um, you will be in a much, much better position to succeed. Too many people just start making something and then they get five months into it and they're like, what am I doing? Uh, why am I doing this? And, and you know, they have no idea uh, because there's no focus, there's no intent to the channel. And I think having that intent, uh, you know, having a reason, in my case, it was it was making, I want my daughter to succeed and be, be well known in Thailand. Um, that was my driving force and that was why I was creating the channel. 
And so for me, that was a solid focus that wasn't about money. Uh, it was about some, something or someone I cared about. And I think if, if you have that kind of focus and drive, uh, it's going to push your channel forward and give you that clarity you need to, to harness that audience and, and really deliver the content that they're looking for. Absolutely. Wow. That's some good stuff right there. Uh, well, thanks again, Jesse, so much. And we'll talk to you later. Okay, Dusty. Thank you. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.